Hello and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, please visit our website at hopeforvermont.org. As well as if you're enjoying these podcasts, check out the live streams at Hope for Vermont on YouTube. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that as we are hidden with you and God, we are also righteous. And we thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. We thank you that we can make mistakes and we can fall, but you will give us victory and opportunity to make right and to live differently. We thank you for the good fortune of knowing that you have something better. May we choose your best. May we walk with you. May we not put on a show or a mask or try to be something that we're not, but may we just be obedient to who you are. Father, we do pray for those that are ill, that are struggling with sickness, that are battling cancer, disease. We just pray that your presence would overwhelm them in a special way, that they would know that they are loved. And Father, we just pray for those that are in need financially, relations whether it's a broken marriage or a dysfunctional home, we just ask that you would just come and intervene. For those that need a job or would like a new job, may they just know and have a perspective and an understanding what you would have them learn during the season. And God, we just thank you because you are faithful. We do lift up Pastor Kenny and we thank you for all he does. We thank you for Emily and her work with us. Um, As the administrator, we pray for the LAC and those in church leadership, whether it's uh, Jaron or Dennis or Stacy and Liesel, we thank you so much for them. We pray, God, for an opportunity to be your witness as we go back to Crossett Brook Middle School, that the school, that the staff, that the faculty would know that we are for them, that we are to encourage one another as you have loved us. So we thank you, God, for who you are and what you've done. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. And yes, if you're listening for the first time and you tuned in a little late because you know announcements take uh, some time, next week we are headed back to Crossett Brook Middle School. Crossett Brook Middle School, we're excited about that. That's going to be 9 a.m. in-person worship gathering, 9 a.m. worship gathering that will be physically distanced. We are going to space out the chairs. And as the school recommends, we're going to follow those guidelines as they've graciously allowed us to be back in. And we're excited about uh, assembling together at Crossett Brook Middle School. That's next Sunday, the 12th, which is Grandparents Day. So we're going to celebrate our grandparents as well uh, that day. As we continue, we just look at uh, Colossians. And last week we looked at Colossians 1.15, where it said the Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. The Son is the image of the invisible God. What a reminder that is that uh, even though we cannot see God, sometimes we feel like, I don't know if I heard God or if that's just my own intellect or something that I want to believe we can know that Jesus was the representation of that invisible God. And Billy Graham said it, as I mentioned last week. He said, can you see God? You haven't seen him? I've never seen the wind. I see the effects of the wind, but I've never seen the wind. There's a mystery to it. 
And just as we've never seen the wind, we just see the effects of the wind. We can see the effects of what God has done, not what people have manipulated into religion and said that I can demand or command things, manipulate you because of my religion. But God is saying we can serve each other as his son. Jesus set the example and serve and even gave his life for us that we might be forgiven. And those that would say, well, God's ways are much higher than our ways. This is from Isaiah 55. Five, eight. Please pray for me as I continue to meet uh, with a group every other Monday. And uh, an individual mentioned, well, you know, God's ways are so high above our ways, we can never be like him. Well, let's look at this, what it's saying. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Isaiah 55, 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. But I would suggest that we can make his thoughts and his ways, our thoughts, our ways, by the example, the power, the presence of Jesus. That Jesus wants us to press so much into him that we can confess and say that on earth as it is in heaven, Jesus wants to know you as you are in heaven and make you alive here on earth. Colossians 1.22, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. You stand before him without a single fault. Jesus sees you without a single fault. God sees you hidden with Christ in himself without a single fault. We can live in such a way. That's how we concluded last week. But as we look today, Colossians 1.23, if you continue in your faith, establish and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is a gospel that you have heard that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Paul writing from prison, Paul, a servant, a slave, he would say, of Jesus, that he submits himself to the work of whatever God would have him to do. And he's writing from prison and he's saying that you would be established and firmed. He became a servant. He became one that would submit his own thoughts, his own ways to do what God would have him to do, to be established and firm, to be rooted, to be grounded, to know that he had a firm foundation. It was secure that because of that place, that hope that he held out for the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that Jesus loves you, that Jesus will forgive you, that Jesus has a plan and purpose for you. That is what we desire to share as a local congregation, as Living Hope Wesleyan Church. Jesus loves you. God can and will forgive you. And yes, he has a purpose and a plan for your life. Something even better than you thought was possible. Something even better that you believe you deserve. God has that in mind when he looks at you, when he thinks of you, when he speaks to you, when he has others talk to you. God knows that he loves you and he wants you to know that he loves you and that he will forgive you and he has forgiven you. Just receive his forgiveness and desire to follow his plan his purpose for your life be established and firm so it's not out of uh, a bad a negative situation that we become a servant of god but it's out of great joy because we know of what he has done for us that he has for us as well. As we look at verse 24, now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church, for the sake of his body, which is the church. 
I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. I rejoice in what I'm suffering for you. I'm reading a book. I'll get to it in a moment. But it says, bear does not equal barren. Bear does not equal barren. If you look at an apple tree now, you will see many apples on that apple tree. But perhaps you will look in the spring or when there are no apples and it is bare and you think what good is that apple tree there is no fruit on that tree it is barren and then no bare does not mean barren and god is just saying that we that we go through times where we don't see fruit god is still alive god is still using us in uh alicia cole if that's how you say her name, uh, her book, Anonymous, she says that 90% of Jesus' life was hidden. It was kept from us. Not much was shared about Jesus until that last 10% of his life, the hidden Jesus, the hidden Jesus. I hope to interview her uh, soon. I certainly enjoy this book on Audible. I enjoyed it so much. I got a hard copy because there's so much in it that I want to go back and uh, make notations and be reminded that the hidden life of Jesus. And maybe perhaps some parts of our life God is hiding now. He's building the character now in us so it will uh, be useful in the future. Sometimes we want God to use us now in such a way. But God is saying, prepare now. Prepare now for what I have for you. Rejoice in what you're suffering. Rejoice in what you're going through. Rejoice in the unknown and on the uncertainty and just saying, I'm just struggling, but believing that God's building that character, that perseverance in you, that doing the right thing, making the correct decisions over time, they will compound just like as you invest a dollar a week. If you did a dollar a week for several years, how would that compound that interest that investment and if we would look at the same thing if i just memorize a verse a month or read a verse a day if i really think about it meditate or ruminate on it if i just look at what god is doing it's not going to be a miraculous overnight success but in time i can look back and see how that foundation that groundwork brick by brick by brick by brick we could see what god was doing uh, quick on a shameless plug on a different note, talking about interviewing. I get to interview Caleb Kaltenbach, the author of Messy Grace, Messy Truth, this Wednesday at 3.30. So you can watch live on the YouTube channel. This is a church YouTube channel, Living Up Wesleyan Church, the church Facebook page or Twitter at Hope for Vermont. Or you can certainly listen after on the podcast, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Living Hope Wesleyan. So that's been a tremendous side gig uh, for me to provide us with great content. and. Um, Anonymous is a book that I would certainly recommend because Paul became a servant. In his suffering, he took joy. I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. Verse 24, look how it begins. I rejoice for what I am suffering for you. And then he goes on to say, for the sake of his body, which is the church. The sake of his body, which is the church. So Paul is suffering for us, that we would know, would we suffer? And persecution, suffering is not the same, but would we suffer 
for the sake of the church, for the sake of others? Would we hear people's requests that you should wear masks, you shouldn't wear masks, you should wear the vaccine, you shouldn't wear the vaccine, you should support the state law, you should reject the state mandate? Would we just say that we want to boil everything down to we want to be like Jesus who loved people, who loved the lost, who believed that his love for the lost would bring them to a saving knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is, that we would just say, God, you need to move in a miraculous way because my best efforts, my best voice, my best thoughts, my best education is not going to change anybody. But we pray for the Holy Spirit to do a work in somebody's life where they might say, it seems as though I heard from God. It seems as though I read the Bible and it came alive and it spoke to me in such a way where I was convicted. But I I thought that there must be a change and it's not something I could do in my own self, in my own strength, but only because of who Jesus is based on that interaction I had with him, that experience that God gave me that I want to become more like him, knowing that I am loved, I am forgiven, that he has a purpose for my life. Verse 25, Paul writing from prison, he says, I've become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. We as Christians, we as believers, we as followers of Jesus, we also have a commission. We have a purpose. We have something that God has for us to accomplish that we would share with others the truth of Jesus. Maybe not the four spiritual laws or taking out a Bible tract and walking them through the way of salvation, but maybe it begins with saying that I will spend time with you. I want to get to know you. I desire to know your loves, your fears, your hurts, those things that have happened in your life that make you question and wonder, how could God let that happen? How could God just be there for me when I've done such things? And we can express with great joy because God has been there for us. And we can share out of that experience the fullness of the word of God that he would have us serve others because we have been forgiven for the sake of his body, which is the church. I became a minister according to the stewardship from God. As we look at verse 26 of Colossians 1, this is a mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. This is from 115, where it says Jesus is the representation of the invisible God. This is now disclosed to the Lord's people. This is realizing that God has chosen that we would know him and make him known, that we would show him by our actions, by how we love people, by how we care for people, by how we see people through his eyes. We have empathy. We grieve with those that grieve. We rejoice with those that rejoice. We have a love for people because we want to be like God and God loves his creation. He disclosed this to the Lord's people. The Son is the image of the firstborn, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Colossians 1.15. And going on to Colossians 1.27, we find these words, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope 
of glory. This is to make known. It means to tell, to reveal, like the curtain be even pulled back on a stage, that we would make known this mystery, that it wouldn't be the mystery anymore. It'd be Scooby-Doo taking the mask or the hood off of the criminal, the bad guy, and saying, look, this is what the reality is. We can reveal the mystery of who Jesus is. And you that want to email me, that want to tell me that Scooby-Doo is satanic and evil and bad, just understand it's an illustration. It's just an analogy. It's not trying to promote Scooby-Doo or anything else. But moving on from that, we have opportunity to reveal the mystery of who Jesus is. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Just as we are hidden with Christ in God, Christ becomes into us. His Holy Spirit can penetrate our very pores, enter our bloodstream as a very heartbeat of why we live, the very purpose of why we desire to know Him. And we can get distracted and you are going to be tempted and you are going to be given to a certain way of thought, but you can make his thoughts your thoughts. You can renew your mind and perhaps you need to go back and tell someone, I'm sorry, I apologize. Or you need to live differently and say what I did was wrong, but I don't want to make that same mistake. We want to have Jesus, the hope of glory. We want to make Jesus the reason for why we live. Our interactions must display Jesus in our joy, in our hope, in our peace in which we live in this stage that we can proclaim him, proclaim who Jesus is. He is the one we proclaim. He is the one we proclaim. We proclaim, we talk about, we think about, we meditate on, we share with others. He is the one because it's admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. We can go to Christians. We can say, this is what God's word says. We can say, this is what I question about God's word. Will you walk with me through figuring out what it means, how I can apply it to my life? We look in the New King James Version, warning every man and, um, and teaching every man in all wisdom. To this very end, I strenuously contend with all energy Christ so powerfully works in me. But I want to read again the New King James Version, these final two verses of chapter 1. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. And yes, I too was a little bit concerned because sometimes the ancient writings we don't always understand, but in the Understand the New Living Translation presents it well. And it says, so tell others about Christ, man, woman, everyone, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ, perfect in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Christ's mighty power that works within me. As we look at verse 29, that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. This is Paul writing from prison, suffering, being in prison, because he desires to tell people about the freedom and the salvation and the hope of Jesus. As we return to Cross of Brook Middle School, 
We don't return to Crossbrook Middle School telling them how to conduct the school. We return to Crossbrook Middle School celebrating the fact that they're allowing us a place to meet to share who Jesus is and what he has done for us and for them. And that is to give freedom and salvation and healing that we would walk knowing that he speaks to us, that he loves us, that he has a purpose for us, that he forgives us. And we can embrace them as he has embraced us, that they would know his love. So whether it's across a Brook Middle School, maybe it's a family member, whatever uh, the case might be, it could be your coworker or your boss or someone else that you would just embrace them figuratively, perhaps not literally, with the truth of Jesus that they would know that we struggle so hard that they would know not what we believe is right, but that they would know the love of Jesus, the power that works in us, that we would not be so lazy and say, but the Bible says this, this, and this, but we would show them because we are so closely connected with Jesus. We would show them how to live and how to love and how to share and how to change because we are living the peace of Jesus based on the power that is at work within us. So as we conclude, church, Living Hope Wesleyan, the local church here in Waterbury Center, Vermont, we say, love him and struggle to know that bear does not mean barren. Bear does not equal barren. Even Jesus had the hidden life. It was not shared. 90% was not shared. Only 10%. His final days of ministry because God wants us to grow in him. So when we speak, there is maturity, there's character, there's integrity and credibility. And maybe that's why you are in the season that you are in without the platform that you so desire because God is growing you and preparing you for that time. So do not despise small beginnings, but love what God is doing because he's making us strong for in his time, we will reveal his truth because he will receive glory, not us. Be content, be pleased to be hidden with Christ in God. So as we conclude, we just say thank you for daring to believe that Jesus loves you and that he will and has forgiven you and that he has a plan and purpose for you and for us and for this local church. So Jesus, we say thank you because you are good. We say thank you because you believe in us. We say thank you because we can celebrate with one another. We say thank you because you are for us and thank you because you love us with deep patience. Give us empathy for the lost. Give us discernment and wisdom to reach out with love, to know what your word means, your example, the representation of the invisible God. May we be like you. We thank you, Father. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let it be done. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Living Hope Wesleyan Church, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. As well as don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Living Hope Wesleyan Church, where you can catch live stream versions of these services as well as other content. Have a great day.